just no. honored to be joined by a celebrity oh this gosh, morning. I literally can't see it. It's not even the morning. It's 2 p.m. Did I say this morning? Out yeah. of habit. Preachers, preachers have it. Stuff. Yeah, preachers have it. This is the absurd journey of three church planners reintroducing familiar ideas in unfamiliar ways. This is the Bless Up Podcast. All right, welcome back. This is the Bless Up Podcast. I'm Rachel, and we are in studio with a full house today. Let's it up. Corey came back. I'm back. I don't know if that's good or bad. I'm just, I'm just honored that you would have me. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I, know, I know you have bigger, uh, bigger and more popular podcasts to be oh on gosh. now, so I'm just glad that you would even have me back. I'm going to mute you. I'm, <laughs> I run the soundboard, and I'm going to mute you. Anyways... <laughs> <laughs> All right. I don't even remember if I said it, so I'm going to say it again. I'm Rachel in studio with Corey and James, and we got quite a question. I'm just going to warn y'all. I don't know what is going to come out. Me neither. Um, we did not discuss this thoroughly before we hit record. So what I want to know from y'all, what is a moment in your life that you thought to yourself, there's no coming back from this? <laughs> Mm. Mm. Could be comical, uh, could be terrifying. What is a moment that you thought to yourself, "There is no coming back from this"? Mm. I'll give a, I'll give a couple examples here. Uh, one of them on a professional level, I was at this point I was an interim youth pastor at this point, mm. and we took a trip to this would have been Epic Three. Okay. That we went back, Epic is a youth retreat that we do. Mm-hmm. It's an acronym for every person is crucial, mm-hmm. but it also is a double entendre, the the epic of scripture, the great story. Great story. All that all that good stuff. Epic. Epic. Youth epic retreat. Th- epic three was the bounce back year. Epic three was the bounce back year. Because epic one was truly epic. Epic one was epic. We we blew a very large budget on Epic One. We did. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> I thought I'd never come back from that as, when I got, as, when I got a, back to the church. As a result, Epic 2 was budget epic. That was <laughs> budget And epic. we came in way below, ep- budget, way below budget. Budget epic is the one where you told the whole camp I was pregnant and nobody was supposed to know yet. That's right. That's right. That was, was budget epic. I was so excited. Budget epic. What was epic? I, I was going to be on Epic 3 was bounced back. It was the first year back at Erie. It was oh, your first time being in yes. Erie. Yes. Okay. Okay. I remember. Oh, I remember comeback. that one. Yeah, it was the comeback. At Erie First Sports Park. That's right. At Erie First Sports Park. So we're at we're at Epic 3. And it's really it's really funny now because he's, he's a grown man. He still attends our church. I see him all the time. He's got a beard now. He's a grown man. But then he was a seventh grader. And... We took all the kids over to the sports park, and we got back on the vans. It was right across the street from the facility we were in, and we got back in the vans. And, you know, sometimes you don't – you're supposed to count kids when you get back on the bus. Absolutely. But sometimes you just don't count kids till you get back. Oh, that's right. I forgot about this. So we don't count the kids till (laughs) we get back. And this kid's mom comes up to me because she's a volunteer on a trip. Yep. And she comes up to me and she says, hey – Where's my one son? Isn't he supposed to be with you? And I go, yeah. Nah, I, I go, he's I supposed go, to be with you. I go, yeah, he is supposed to be with me. I said, I'm going to find him. <laughs> so, man, we scoured the sports park, I forgot and we this. couldn't find him. I was oh about to call God. the police 
until I think Mikey said, why don't you just go back to the sports part? Uh-huh. And we go back to the sports part. The, wa- the splash park. The splash park. Yeah. The, the splash park. The water park, yep. Splash Lagoon. Yep. And he's standing at the door at the with door. big, big concerned eyes. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, gosh. We left, we, left him at the, we left the kid at the sports park. Luckily, that that mother, we're, we're all still family. Uh, we all still, we're all still together. We're all still family. Uh, she didn't get us fired, thankfully, but that was one joint. That was one joint I didn't know if I was, in that moment, I was like, I am not coming back from this. I lost a kid. It's, I was like. It's definitely tough to come back from losing, yeah. losing a person. Yeah, I was that's, like, I was I like mean, we lost them. Yeah. I was like, we lost them. That's the number of times that I think back on things that we did. Like 10 years ago. And let me rephrase. Not that we did. That we were trusted to do. Absolutely. Who, who let us do these things? Yeah. It's wild to me. Yeah. We, we, had a, we had a former Epic student at our house the other day. They're in college now. They were like in sixth grade when that one happened. She wasn't even old enough for the first Epic, was yeah, she? Yeah, she was not even old enough yeah. to go on the wow. first Epic. That's wow. how old we are, y'all. She's in sixth grade at the Epic that you're talking about. She's now she's now graduating from college. Yeah, yeah. she's in her senior and year of college. she was at our house the other day, and she was like, she was like you know what just kind of hit me? I was like, what's that? She's like, you were my age that I am now when you guys were taking buses, <laughs> hundreds <laughs> Of teenagers, buses to retreats, and I was like, "Yes, yes, yeah. we were, yeah, we were, and we were in situations where parents signed somehow waivers. signed waivers to entrust their children <laughs> with us." Absolutely freaking wild! Like I think about so many things that nowadays, like I, I'm, I'm just gonna say it explicitly because it happened. There was one there was one individual that is in the brotherhood who was a volunteer at Epic. Uh and at this time he was rather large. He's not as large anymore, but no, he was he, really he, large he back is, then. He got small. Man. And it's, and one of our guys uh d- kept jumping on his back because he was playfully oh, large. Oh, you remember oh, this? Yeah. No, he's small now. Yes, yeah, he's yeah, small yeah, yeah, now, yeah. right? Like you remember this? And he yeah. kept jumping yeah. on his back. And he said And he's the hey, calm- bro. he's the calmest person. <laughs> he said, Hey bro, if you do that again, I'm gonna slam you on the floor. <laughs> And the kid was like, ha, 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 and like all kids do, did it again. And in front of the entire <laughs> camp, he he grabbed the back of this kid's head and slammed him, body slammed him on the ground. And the kid couldn't breathe for like five minutes. Okay, it wasn't five minutes. It, 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 felt, it, felt, it felt like, like five, five minutes. And that, and that kid, that kid. I was like, oh been, my gosh, we just killed him. It, and that wasn't a normal kid. That kid should have been a D1 athlete. That kid. That kid <laughs> right. That yes. kid was. He was a beast. He was a beast. Yeah, I don't mean to say that this was. Yeah, let me this clarify that. This a kid that. like a fifth he was grader. Not, he was not a 10 year old. Okay. He was like this 17. This was a 17 year old yeah. hyperactive young man yes. that didn't know when to quit. Yeah. And he learned. Yeah. That day. Okay, not that not that this had to become moments from Epic you never thought you'd come back from, but uh, <laughs> but we have a lot. <laughs> okay, I remember Epic One. I wasn't even there. I was not even there. I was at a different conference in Pittsburgh, but That's I got right. a phone call. Mm-hmm. I got a phone call from our from our group of girls, of our girls that yeah. were at Epic. Oh, it, it was one <laughs> of the girls who snuck her cell phone, um, but it was the whole group that called me. 
There's a lot of profanities in this call. And they called me and they were like, (laughs) 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 they were like, Miss Rachel, Miss Rachel, come get us now. And I was like, guys, I can't come get you. I'm in Pennsylvania. I'm like nowhere near where you are. I can't come get you. You're going to be fine. Fine, Jordan. They're like, no, Miss Rachel, Jordan told us to go back in the gym, but we're not coming back in the gym. Because there's because, a poop on the yeah, floor. But they were not saying poop. Yeah. They were not. They were using a different four-letter <laughs> word to describe. <laughs> they were like, there's a poop on the floor. Yeah. And I'm like, girls, nobody pooped on the floor in the gym. And like, so I'm talking. Except. Somebody did. Somebody did poop on the floor. (laughs) Shout out to that kid who did it. Love him to death. (laughs) My guy, your secret's safe with me. Shout out to you, bro. I literally, like, I just remember hanging up the phone and being like, they're never going to get through this. Shout out to Donovan for finding a laundromat a couple miles away and taking that kid's clothes to the laundromat and doing his laundry so that nobody caught on to the fact that it was he who pooped in his pants and shook it out on the floor. On the, right, right out. On the basketball court. Right, right like, I, I, dev- I thought after that, after I got that phone call from the girls, I was like, Corey's never going to make it home. I don't like, we're never going to have children after his experience at Epic One. Yep. And there's never going to be an Epic Two. Somebody pooped on the court. I didn't think there was any coming back from that. Yeah. That's, that's, that's a pretty, that's a pretty good one. That was a, that was a wild one. That's, that's a pretty good one. Um. Yeah. Honestly, I actually really don't want to keep this game going <laughs> because about. because now the ones that are popping in my head are like, yeah, let's really not like we really <laughs> still might not come back from those things if I if I say some of the other ones. Oh so. my gosh. What what year is Epic on this year? This spring? Oh gosh, I don't even know anymore. I would have to do math while you guys talk. You, to you know what's crazy about this Epic? I. I haven't gone the last few years because mm-hmm. I've tried to give space to like our team to actually do stuff. But yeah. I'm coming this year as like a middle school volunteer. Wow! So, Look I'm, at you with all I, the Vincent House crew. And you know yeah, what's crazy? And I told them I was like, I'm not. I was like, don't. I was like, I'm not coming as like. I was like, I'm not speaking. I'm not going to yeah. be a retreat founder. Yep. I was like, I'm going to come and wrangle middle schoolers yeah. for the weekend. So, um, so it's been twelve years now. You just did the math. I just did the math. It was twelve. It's been twelve years now. And we lost the COVID years. Uh, yeah, minus the COVID year, and um, there was two years we missed because of COVID, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. This so is technically so this, this is ten. ten. So we, or no, I think I think the last one was ten. No, no, it was no, this, no. This will be ten. So do yeah, we? Do we 10. have to speak at this one? Well, what a big year! No, no, we already have our speaker for this one. Oh, who is it? Um, We'll talk about this oh, later. Sorry, bless up listeners. I forgot we were in the podcast. <laughs> we'll talk about this later, but actually I have something else to do uh, that, I, that I have to be at that weekend. So You're grounded I'll, from I'll Epic. Be, yeah, oh, be, no. Do I'll I have be, to I'll be, be speaking the, at something else that oh, weekend. Oh, no. Do I have to like... I don't know. I don't know. We'll figure you it out. You got to be the grandpa? Well, I, I'm going to be the grandpa there. Yeah. Uncle? Is uncle better? No, I'm going to be the oldest, angriest person. (laughs) (laughs) I remember when Epic. Yeah. So why are we talking about this again? Okay. Yeah. You had, well, we didn't mean to talk about Epic. We just all had Epic (laughs) moments we never thought we'd make it back from. This is the anti-promo, the anti-commercial for Epic. You guys, I promise Epic is awesome. (laughs) The people running it now are amazing. (laughs) It's just not us. Uh, Because you, Corey had a moment you know a, oh, an yeah. epiphany about 
you know, when you think you're not going to be able to come back from moments, you want to tell us? Yeah. So, I mean, one of the, a common conversation I've been having a lot lately with, um, you know, obviously a part of, a part of my responsibilities, um, outside of, outside of preaching on Sundays, which is, you know, all that most people think I do, um, is, nah, you speak Monday through Friday. Too. Is yeah, is is uh, practicing and 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 leading leadership development for uh, a lot of different businesses, a lot of different organizations, a lot of different people, and um, and it's it's a blast, and I love what I get to do. Um, but it also constantly gives me like fresh things to think about. And one of the things that I'm experiencing a lot right now, I'm running into a lot right now, is you know when it comes to a point of you know. We, we started a journey not that long ago with one individual that's in my mind specifically that uh, had already damaged uh, credibility with his team, had already damaged credibility within, it, I don't know if it was throughout the whole organization, but it may have, may have been getting close. But when I tell you the journey that this individual has been on for the past year has been transformative. Like, I mean, you wouldn't even recognize if I, if I took you to our next gathering and I pointed out who it was that I was saying, like this time last year had damaged all credibility. You wouldn't even believe to see this person. Now. That's awesome. Um, the transformation that this person has done is, is, is incredible, but it's all credit to them. They have put in the work to leveling up their own leadership. Now, unfortunately, there's this thing that happens, and it happens with all of us, where sometimes people can't let people be different, Yeah. right? The sins of our past come back and, and haunt us. And uh, what I'm witnessing now is that even though this person is doing the hard work to level up their leadership, there are some people who still can't, who still can't quite follow or believe them um, because of how damaging uh, they were to their influence in the past. So that has had me thinking a lot uh, the last, you know, last, uh, honestly, the last month or so um, is like, how is it then that we build credibility back? Because if you want to zoom out for a second and be honest, I mean, just like we just all told stories about Epic, like yeah. we've all done things to ruin our influence in front of various people, right? We've all things to done things to damage our credibility, right? We were just talking before this about uh, about Facebook memories and the <laughs> post that it brings back up. And I'm Lord, like, good Lord. grief, I was so angry and opinionated. Why is this happening? Used to be, right? Totally not that way anymore. Um, but like, you look at these things, and I'm like, how do you even like come back from some of this stuff? Well, um, for me, theologically, which is the lens that I choose to look through all things with, um, theologically, I have to believe that redemption and restoration is possible. Right. If if uh, Jesus has forgiven, if Jesus forgives me, then then it is my job to forgive other people. But also, as Jesus continues to do a work in my life to restore me, I have to believe that that is happening in other people as well. And so what are some practical ways is what I've been thinking about? What are some practical ways that um, we can restore our credibility or restore our influence in important spaces when we've already done some accidental work to destroy it? Yeah. I think, I think one way, and it's a theological principle that the missional movement has used to embed missionaries in context uh, for the last 20 years, but for 2,000 years before that, but really heavily in the missional movement for the last 20 years. And it's called the person of peace principle. So in Luke chapter 10, Jesus is going to send out 72 disciples. And what he tells them is the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. 
So pray to the Lord of the harvest that he will send labor. So it's this idea of pray and go. And he tells him, I'm sending you out as lambs among wolves. And he says, two by two, I want you to go out. And he said, as you go to people's houses and as you go to these spaces, there's going to be some houses where people are going to welcome you in. They're going to give you food. They're going to give you their peace. Remain and stay in those houses. Eat and drink in those houses. Preach that the kingdom of God is at hand. Stay in those places. Then he says, you're going to go to other houses, and they're not going to receive that peace. Preach, do the same thing, but they're not going to receive you. You're not going to eat and drink there. What are you going to do? You're going to dust off your shoes, and you're going to keep moving on. I think as it pertains to spaces when we undermine our leadership, especially on teams, the reality is there are going to be some people who are going to be in places where they're going to be willing to forgive and willing to receive you back. Mm -hmm. So when you're in those spaces and you find those people, remain with those people. A way that we can rebuild our influence is to show those people who want to give us a chance that, you know what, I have changed. You know what, I have leveled up my leadership. You know what, I want to be intentional. These are ways that I'm intentional. And you continue to show up with those people And what it does is when you're able to do it with those people, then the rest of the team who's not giving you a chance is forced to look at the situation that's happening and to look at the fact that, you know what, your leadership is leveling up. Mm -hmm. The reality is there are going to be some people who just will take a long time to get to that place. And for some people who their trust will never be repaired in those spaces. So you can't spend your time, your energy, uh, in your initiative trying to win back people who you never won back. Yeah. So I would say like use the person of peace principle. Yeah. And yeah, go to the people, rebuild your influence with those people who are willing to receive them. I think it's a lot of reframing how you view yourself as well, because you can like exactly what you're saying, like go to the, go and stay in the places and with the people where you find favor. 150%. And you've also got to find favor with yourself Mm -hmm. because it's so, um, it's so easy to focus on the, the haters for lack of a better way to say it. It's so easy to focus on the people who don't like you. You can have a hundred people that love you, but when you have five that don't, they are so much louder. Yes. Those five, those five mm-hmm. feel like a thousand yep. because all you hear is their critique. You don't hear the hundred people cheering for you. You hear the five. So true. And, and when you have one, one person who was your friend and now has chosen not to be, that feels like a million. Yep. Mm-hmm. When it's somebody who, who you loved so dearly and you've hurt them or, or they have decided I'm no longer your friend, I am now your enemy, when they have chosen to flip sides on you, that feels like a million. It doesn't matter how many people are on your side. That one burns. Yeah. And so you have to also find favor with yourself you have to retrain yourself on the way that you speak to yourself you have to start speaking to yourself the way that god speaks to you because like like when you when you look at scripture right 
there's uh, this one verse that stands out to me so much. Of course, it's from Elijah. Uh, I'm still on Elijah. Mm-hmm. But there's there's this passage where um, it's it's in the nap and a snack section, and mm-hmm. it's where First he Kings. yes, and it's where he says, "I'm no better than my ancestors." Bro, who are your ancestors? Mm-hmm. Your ancestors. You, Moses is in your ancestry. Who is Moses? Moses was a murderer, right? He he killed somebody who was mistreating mistreating the Jews. But then what did he do? He went out. He found God. He figured out who he was. He came back and then he freed Israel from captivity. God used him to perform so many miracles, right? Moses is amazing. And so when you when when Elijah wants to say, I'm no better than my ancestors, bro, your ancestors are Moses. Your ancestors is Jacob. Your ancestor is Isaac. Like, which ancestors are you focusing on? Are you focusing on the ones who were grumbling and complaining and died in the wilderness? Or are you focusing on the ones who God used to perform these crazy miracles? Right? And and somebody else I've been like who's really been on my mind lately is Mary Magdalene. Like, what if Mary Magdalene had never reframed the way she spoke to herself? Yeah. Right? When Jesus found her and and she was filled with demons and he cast out these demons, you know what Mary Magdalene did next? She followed Jesus. Jesus. It says, scripture says that she helped fund his ministry. She was there at his death, and then she witnessed the resurrection. She saw him get up, right? What if Mary Magdalene had never reframed the way that she viewed herself? Yeah. Yeah. What if she never had, had redeemed her view of herself? And let me be super clear. God helped her yeah, redeem her view of herself. It was, it was beginning to view herself for who God says right. she is right. and no longer believing the people who, who said, well, that was a woman of questionable morals and, and things like that. Right. Mm-hmm. Cause she could have lived into those identities, yeah. but she didn't. Yeah. I, I, I think you're, I think you're exactly right. Um, I think that, I think that you have to start when you talk about trying to restore your influence or credibility where you've already damaged it. It's got to start with a hard look in the mirror. And there's some hard work to do on both sides of that mirror, right? Like, like on the, on the one end to, to your point, one of the things that I, that I used to have to do, um, yeah, one of the disciplines I put in place for myself, um, earlier in, in leadership was whenever somebody would text me something that was encouraging or would text me something that spoke specifically to who they see me as or who I am or something that I've done you know, through our ministry that was like encouraging to them, like that spoke to my God given identity, I would screenshot it and save it. Um, because, because you're right. The five critiques in our minds outweigh the hundred encouragements. And so a lot of times those critiques weigh us down. And in moments of like having a, having a gentle mental, I would go back into my photos and I would scroll back through and look at those screenshots and remind myself of other ways that God has used me and other ways that like people have seen me because of God's image uh, within me and instances where I've been faithful to, to reflect that. Right. And so I think part of the work we have to do in the mirror is exactly what you're saying. It's, it's seeing ourselves and reminding ourselves of who God says we are. The other work we have to do in the mirror, and sometimes this can be uh, even harder to do from a, from a healthy perspective is we have to do some of the hard work of realizing like why have we undermined our influence? Mm-hmm. What have we done that is and I'm not talking about like why well, I keep blowing up in meetings. I'm talking about the hard work of figuring out why you keep blowing up in meetings. Mm-hmm. Right? I'm talking about doing the hard work of saying like like putting your finger on what is so triggering to you that it's provoking that response 
And then why is that the response that it provokes? Right. Like, like some of that stuff, like, and, and let me, let me take a second to shamelessly like, and, and encourage real quick. Like some of that's, some of that work needs to be done with a mental health professional to be clear. Like mm. I'm, I am for, I'm for everybody seeing somebody um, to, 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 to process those things with like, that's some, that's a conviction that I'm trying to take more seriously for myself. Mm-hmm. Right. I, I see the side eye that my <laughs> wife is giving me right now. Like that is, that is something that is work that, <clears throat> that we all need to do. So before we can even talk about like, well, give me, give me, give me practical things, right? I've hung in with you this long. Give me some practical things. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I got you. But like, we have to do some hard work in the mirror, uh, before we're even ready to get to to get to some of the practical things of like of like okay well like how does God see me and what are some of the things that are like in my path that keep triggering such uh, such a, a an offensive uh, response? Yeah, uh, Pete Carroll is the was the head coach for the Seattle Seahawks and before that for the USC Trojans. Right. He's just a incredibly successful head coach, Super Bowl winner, national champion in college, incredibly successful. And he came to a point where him and the Seahawks decided to mutually end him being the head coach. Mm -hmm. Still in the organization, but he's doing his exit uh, press conference, and they asked him what advice he would give to the next person who would have his position or the (laughs) next head coach. And he kind of chuckled because he's like— That's a funny question. Yeah, he's like super successful, and he's (laughs) like, oh, yeah, the next guy who's going to— Take my job? Yeah. What what advice would he give? And his whole comments just centered around this idea of you have to know who you are. That's right. It's like you you have to know who you are. And there was part of me that was like, Pete Carroll, man, like, I wish you were more acquainted with, like, biblical theology. Because what you're you're saying, like, it's preaching. Like, the reality, and he just went on. He's like, yeah, when players come in and they're really young, He's like, they try to be so many things instead of focusing on who they are and what they have to contribute to the greater team. He's like, but man, when they turn 25, 26, 27, he's like, they come to an understanding of who they are. Mm -hmm. And once they have that, they're really able to contribute to a team. And he was saying to the coach, like, once you realize and understand who you really are, then you have something to really contribute. The reality is we all have been created in God's image. And each and every one of us reflect God's image in a unique, in a particular way. And when we know that, like when we understand, man, God's wired me this way, he's created me this way, then we're able to really contribute. And as we think about like rebuilding influence, as we think about that, then what we're really thinking about is saying, man, like, let me stop and let me really ask myself who I am and who I'm not. And normally who I'm not is what's like me trying to be what I'm not is what's causing me to under really undermine my influence. That's right. Yeah. And I think that even speaks to that. That is a really helpful, you know, key to what you were saying first, which is like if we if we just keep the voices in our heads of those that even once we start to put in that work, those voices that aren't going to let us be different, Mm -hmm. we're going to keep banging our head against the wall of like, what do I have to do to like get you to trust me again. Hey man, straight up. Some people probably, maybe quite possibly never will. Right. But when you know who you are, you know how they're seeing you is no longer who you are. Mm -hmm. So you're not holding that against yourself. 
right? Absolutely. Then it's one of those things where you're more easily able to just like brush your hands and feet off and say like, ah, time will tell. You know what I mean? Um, and then I think, I think, you know, getting, getting past that because it's not entirely on the other person to adjust how they see you based on hard work you're putting in on yourselves. But I think a natural next step beyond that look in the mirror and beyond that work is being willing to throw it in reverse, back it up and apologize Mm -hmm. for the ways that you've recognized that you damage your credibility. I think that that's really hard, uh, but it can be, and it's very humbling, but I mean that in a good way. Like it, it brings a sense of humility when we're able to recognize like, Hey, I've, I've damaged some relationships in this way. And now I'm going to be willing to take the extra step um, and backing up and saying like, I, I, to the person that you offended, like, I apologize. I was wrong. You know, not offering a defense, not offering a justification, but owning your side of the street and saying like, you know, I apologize. You don't need to go on and on and on about all the ways that you're going to change and all the things you've done and all the, all the, let, let them see all that. Yep. But just taking the ownership and being willing to apologize is something that I think gets played up, especially, I see this all the time, especially in the, in, in the corporate space. I had a, I had a, uh, uh, an elder statesman, we'll, we'll call him. Tell me, <laughs> tell me one time I said, you know, I, we, we bumped into each other sometime. I, I said, oh, I'm sorry. And he said, he said, don't ever apologize. It's a sign of weakness. Man, if that wasn't about the dumbest thing I've ever, I've, I've ever heard, you know what I'm well, saying? Yeah, like, like it's exactly, it, it is quite the opposite. You know, you know, the amount of integrity, you know, the amount of humility, you know, the amount of leadership and hard work it takes to be willing to like own up to, to, to your mistake. Right. It's just, you know, that's, that's, that's really difficult. You know, I think about our, our kids and, you know, one of the things that we've started doing, I can't remember if I mentioned this on here before or not, but uh, we pray tacos. We pray tacos every night. Mm-hmm. Um, Thanksgiving, adoration, confession, other self. We we hit everything in that order when we pray with our kids at bedtime. And uh, confession, um, confession has been a really interesting one because... Uh, I didn't I didn't grow up in a church culture that required confession or put emphasis on confession. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's I realized in wanting to teach my kids to pray in that way that that wasn't something I knew how to do with kids. And uh, and so it, it's been very learn as you go and kids are gracious. But um, if any if, if anybody knows Kaylee, you know, uh-huh. that the rules are of the utmost importance and fairness is of the utmost importance in her eyes. And so, you know, when we go through our tacos and we get to see, she's like, all right, confession. And she wants everybody to confess something. And it's been really interesting. And I have learned so much about myself, um, about the practice of, uh, of apologizing, of confession, of forgiveness, and and the and the importance of little things, you know, there's things that we might consider. Oh, I don't need to apologize for that. But when when people hear it out loud, it means a lot. And yeah. and our girls use prayer as an opportunity to apologize to one another. Yeah. <laughs> like they'll say, <clears throat> um, like I, I would like to ask forgiveness and apologize for being mean to Kaylee when we were getting ready for school and Kaylee will be like thank you Sarah 
And I'm like, it, like it's it's a little bit comical, but also it's so genuine and it's so sweet. And it has given me such an appreciation for apologizing to the little for the little things. And my children have led me in this. So I, I now join them in the same thing. I'm like, Kaylee, I apologize for being short tempered with you or Sarah. I apologize. I should not have spoken as angrily as I did with you about X, Y or Z. And um, it, like that, they they have grown me in that respect and taught me so much about how far an apology mm-hmm. can go. Yeah, for sure. And to think about Jesus, you think about Philippians chapter two, as Paul mm-hmm. talks about who Christ is. And in Philippians chapter two, verse five, he says, look not to the interest of yourselves, but look to the interests of yeah. others. Mm-hmm. Yep. And what he's one. doing is he's setting up like the spirit and the ethos of who Christ was. He didn't look to his own interests, but he looked always to the interest of others, even to death death on the cross. And as we look to rebuild our influence, we have to, we have to look to the interest of others. Yeah. I think, I think what you just said right there speaks to probably the biggest mindset shift that has to happen. <clears throat> the biggest mindset shift that has to happen um, when it comes to, well, any form of leadership, but especially when it comes to restoring credibility and, and mm-hmm. influence, it's the mindset shift of like in all likelihood Right. Not I don't want to make this like a universal thing because I'm sure like people are like, you don't know my situation. Like, but like in in, in, in all likelihood, um, I don't know why that was that funny. In in all maybe it was like the gesture I made. It, it was the sure. voice, the yeah. gesture. So I, we really gotta start doing video um, on these. <laughs> in, in all in all likelihood, whatever like action you have been taking that is causing damaged uh influence or damaged credibility is is probably selfish, right? And so just like understanding that and the subtle mindset shift in your leadership that it takes to say, I am going to choose to fight for the highest good of mm-hmm. those around me, yeah, right? To fight for the highest good of my bottom line. Nah, to fight for the highest good of my bonus, uh, to fight for the, no, 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 none of those things, right? To fight for the highest good of others, to fight for the highest good of those around me feels can feel counterintuitive depending on the on the space that we're in but consistency of doing that exactly like that's what we call like a liberator's mindset that's Mm -hmm. what we call like the mindset of a leader that sets other people free consistency in fighting for the good of those around you is more than anything in my opinion what builds back undermined influence what builds back credibility when it's been lost, even once people have, who have been offended begin to see like, yeah, once upon a time that selfish person like did X, Y, and Z, but I've heard them apologize. And I actually like what caused me to see the work that they've put in is how I saw them go to bat for or fight for other people or really like begin to see the evidence in their lives of like them not just being all for themselves anymore. That that I think is probably like the biggest way, the humility of having a mind like Christ, the humility of Christ, the posture of Christ, who though he was, though he was, indeed, you know what I'm saying? Like if God is I am, Jesus, he was, he was. <laughs> like, <laughs> like he was him, you, right? You he was him. Though he was and though he still is, he took the posture of 
a humble servant. Mm -hmm. The humblest of them all, little baby born in a, in a, in a pig trough. Like, come on, man. Like people, people respond well. It's, it's difficult to ignore that heart posture from any leader, even someone that for various reasons we haven't trusted in the past. All right, y'all. I think it's about time. I think if we keep going, these guys are going to go for an hour. So I can do it. <laughs> I know you could. Here. I, I know. I know. Um, all right, y'all. So that's all we got for today. I hope that felt helpful for you. Um, we will do our absolute best to get back here in two weeks. And I know ah. that that means nothing anymore because we've done a terrible job at that. We are rebuilding our credibility. <laughs> In where we've undermined it we'll by no longer doing <laughs> bi-weekly episodes. However, I want to be realistic and know myself to lead myself in this situation and say, yes, you're exactly right, James. We'll be back. We'll be back. We'll be back. Period. We're going to do our best. Yeah. We'll be back at some point. Bless up. Love Bless you. Bless up.